Auto Tech Show, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of technology and modern day solutions in the automotive industry. Join our host, Mark Babin, as he speaks with the industry leading professionals from around the world on the constantly changing topics of the automotive industry. Each episode has the ability to provide new ideas that you won't want to miss, from upcoming technology to some of the most recent automotive advances. And now for our host, Mark Babin. Yes, hello everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Auto Tech Show. My name is Mark Babin, your host. Thank you for being with us. It's a great episode. We're going to be glad that you joined. Today, we're talking all about the fascinating world of fleet management, hopefully providing a comprehensive and good understanding of how technology is transforming this sector of the industry. And as of course, automotive and customer-facing technology continues to evolve at a rapid rate, it's becoming very clear that fleet operators who do not adapt will soon be left behind. It's adapt or die in the fleet optimization space. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. Now, of course, a topic as fascinating as this one is, we're very excited to welcome the Vice President of Operations at Finn, Martin Rufo. Finn is a leading automotive subscription service company with both a home in Munich and recently New York City moving into the B2C space fascinating company. We flew to New York City to talk to Martin and have this talk at their beautiful headquarter office in New York City on Park Avenue. So let's jump into this episode with Martin. Enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side for a quick recap and breakdown. Martin, thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure being in your office, and I appreciate this little snip of your busy day and it's an, an interesting topic and I know it's something you're passionate about. So thank you so much. Absolutely. No, thank you for, for coming here today, Mark. Uh, excited to host you here in the office, obviously. Uh, and you're absolutely right. This is something I have a, a passion about for, for years now. Yeah, it's been your career in different ways. Exactly. Just disrupting. And we'll talk about, about that a little bit more, but disrupting how things are done. I love it. So let's jump straight into it and talk about the complexity involved with the business that you're, you and Finn are in. Obviously, what you make extremely convenient for the consumer and the customer is incredibly complex for you and your team behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So on this point, let's talk about the process of in-fleeting and defleeting. Terms, of course, people in the industry will be familiar with in the fleet sector. Can you walk me how through you and your team are managing to do both of these processes with as much efficiency as possible, given how fast everything is continuing to change right now? Absolutely. Uh, It's a great question. And it's interesting because, uh, first off, Finn's in the business, or rather, Finn's not in the business of building these things from scratch. Um, For us, uh, compounding processes, hiring teams, building out space, it's not only a capital investment, it's also a a huge time investment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rather, what Finn does is work with third parties, uh, people who've been doing this longer than you and I have been alive, mm-hmm. who've moved more cars than we've seen on the streets, and really trust them to operate the physical compounds while we help uh, by introducing a little bit of automation. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of the technology that you're talking about in terms of how do we do this as efficiently as possible. Right. Uh, for instance, what Finn does is add a layer of automation that our partners aren't really used to. Mm-hmm. It's not something that they've had a ton of background in. Mm-hmm. But 
especially in more recent years, they've been more or very much so excited to adopt into their everyday processes. So now we are we as Finn, we build the the connections of data so that we can get better insights than even some of the compound providers are okay. uh, are providing and. For, for instance, yesterday, uh, we were on site in Philadelphia uh, at one of our compound providers, and we were going a little bit through our KPIs, and they were like, this isn't something we've ever thought about. <laughs> and we were like, oh, this is something we think about. It's in our DNA. This is every day for us. Uh, and it's been amazing being able to impart some of those things on people who have really focused on the operations mm-hmm. and uh, really meld those two together. Interesting. So you mentioned that you're introducing change, you're introducing data, your strategic side of it. When you go to these operators, you said they're excited about it, but Mm -hmm. are they fairly accepting of the changes that have to happen? Because you can be excited, but whoa, 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 like not too much too fast. But of course you want to progress fast. So how's that relationship? It's it's a give and take. Okay. (laughs) I won't pretend like it's easy for every single partner. No, it can't be. I think one of the most important things for Finn as we're going through RFP processes for our compound providers or any provider for ours is how willing are you to uh, adopt change? How willing are you to work with Finn to deliver the best possible result? Uh, and really, we've prioritized providers who want to to really adopt that. Great. Uh, and what we've seen is actually they've been able to use some of the, the learnings they have with us for other providers and they view this as uh, a unique sales opportunity where they are continuing to learn and they can say, hey, we're working with this great startup who's providing all of these insights <laughs> on their stuff. We're going to do the same thing for your stuff as well. Uh, and that's that's been an interesting. Uh, so you're getting kind of a free education and, and it's helping them to advance their process and their their ability as well. Exactly. Well, no such thing as a free lunch. We, we, we work with them. It's a on partnership a, lunch. Exactly. Yeah, it's a collaborative <laughs> lunch. No, I love it. And it's an interesting thing because I think you're, you're coming at it from the way of progression. You're coming at it from the way of you have the data, you have the analytics, and you're, you're seeing what needs to be done. Exactly. So I would hope that they would be pretty accepting of that because they've never had it before. Like you said, this is a whole new world. Yeah. Unfortunately, we actually had to sunset a partner recently because they weren't willing to change. But oh wow, uh, you know, we—that's when we work with current partners to, mm-hmm. to help fill the gaps. You have to progress. You can't be slowed down by someone who doesn't want to advance. In this world, absolutely not. Like we said, they're going to be left behind if you don't move forward, right? A hundred percent. Interesting. So let's look at the process of the post subscription. That's something I was really interested about is the whole like defleeting side of it because you have all these vehicles and they need to go somewhere. Otherwise they sit in your inventory, they take up space, they take up revenue. You got to get them out. Mm -hmm. But when you're giving them to the dealerships or the wholesalers, there's got to be a list of requirements that they need Mm -hmm. because they've been, it's a used car, but it's a subscription based used car and how it's used. So what are the requirements that the the dealerships are requesting from you and how do you collect all of that? Sure. So uh, a little bit for your, your listeners Mm -hmm. and who who might not be uh, familiar with Finn, Uh, Finn's an auto auto subscription business where we uh, subscribe cars out for one year, Mm -hmm. Um, six months or one year, traditionally one year. Uh, so when we're working with our dealer partners, any of our remarketing partners, we're delivering a unicorn of cars to them. Mm-hmm. One year, one owner, a very specific number of miles that 
no one really gets on the used market space right now. So we do expect a higher quality, a higher level of quality, and uh, the expectations on Finn are definitely different than those coming out of a, a lease for, for these partners. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do condition reports with all of our partners, all of our compound uh, partners when our cars are being defleeted. Uh, we take into account some of the, the industry standards on what we're looking at. But for us, there is a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a magnifying glass in terms of the scratches on a car, yeah. the nicks, the dings, uh, tire tread, everything down to is the radio working as as you expect it to. There's obviously a lot of big buckets in there, but mm-hmm. what's most important uh, is is generally pulled up on our condition reports from our third parties, uh, and when we find the that our cars are coming back and not in the condition they are, we might fall out of pre-sale agreements with some of the providers we have. And that's when we have to move towards auctions or finding a different partner. Uh, So it's so important for Finn to maintain the quality of the vehicle so that we can get it sold at the end. Yeah, ultimately that comes down to you being able to keep track as best you can. Exactly. In that respect. So there's a lot of different technologies that can help here, obviously. And there's mm-hmm. a lot that you're, I'm sure you're exploring, you're using, you're hoping that comes uh, on the on the line soon enough. Mm-hmm. But when you're working to identify vehicles and, and like you're saying, when you're infleeting them, you have to uh, you know get them into the system. When you're defleeting, you've got to get all those condition reports. Let's talk a little bit about the tech side of it. Mm-hmm. What kind of technologies are you using? What are you looking forward to using? Where's there a gap? I'm curious on how this is all collected. Sure. So uh, it's interesting. Finn, Finn uses a little bit of uh, what, what we call proprietary, but it's uh, it's a lot of uh, integrations with companies called uh, like Integramat, no code automation uh, software, mm-hmm. so that we don't have to use any other third party. We just get the data directly from. I don't know, um, a compounds condition report. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're able to build that directly into our database. Uh, And we use a a no-code database on our side as well, a company literally called (laughs) NoCo, which allows us to be as flexible with our data models as we we possibly Mm -hmm. need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, The the follow-up on there is, you know, what are some of the the tools that we use on top of those types of things? So... Finn doesn't use any external fleet management software right Mm now. We actually have built all of our uh, customer success management tools, delivery management tools, uh, all in-house via a company called Retool, which allows the the mixing and matching of different nodes with that data uh, data layer that I talked about a little bit before, so that we can be building whatever we need to and iterating as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. rather than relying on someone else to iterate. Yeah, it needs to be in your system. Exactly. So you're using this, where do the gaps lie then? So you have, obviously there's always going to be room to grow in your growing company as you move into different markets. Where are you finding these gaps are when it comes to collecting this type of information? Sure. Uh, it, it's interesting. One of the the, the big gaps that we've seen, uh, the, the data gaps that we've seen, is what's happening actually when a cu- customer has a car. Okay. Yeah, because they're being actively used. Exactly. Um, there, the the word telematics is a little bit of a, a uh, the boogeyman. Yeah. In our space right now. Don't follow me, kind of. Yeah. N- no. Maybe especially in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more sensitive. Exactly. Yeah. Customers don't love the idea of Big Brother watching you at all times. Mm-hmm. So we're not getting the the insights uh, that we might want on braking, mm-hmm. uh, reckless driving, or you know, physically 
major stops that are probably an accident. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of downstream things that we're not getting the insights we need or uh, want. And I think want is the, the problem. You want as much data as you possibly can have. Every company wants everything. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so our cars only come up and uh, the condition of the cars are a little bit of a black box until we actually get them back. Absolutely. So that, I think, is the biggest data gap in what we have right now, which is, to be fair, quite a large one. Yeah. Is there, I mean, obviously you guys are going to be working to close that gap. Mm -hmm. Does it rely on solutions that aren't on the market to come to market? Does it rely on the customer itself getting involved, like engaging with them directly? Because that's the other option. Instead yeah. of collecting it all automatically, get them to engage with you and maybe there's some incentive or loyalty programs like is that is it going to take that kind of buy-in from the customer to get that information oh absolutely uh there there's definitely that element of customer buy-in there's mm -hmm. definitely the element of finding the right provider uh there's also the element of regulations what states are in the u.s can we do this which ones can't we because yeah. that's not even something that uh you know telematics is not something that our antiquated laws ever took into account when they were building privacy laws. No, of course not. So there, it's, it's a delicate balance between all three, mm -hmm. trying to figure out the best solution for, for our customers longer term, yeah. and for our fleet, rather. Yeah, and ultimately it creates a better end experience as well. Because if they're going to get more information, you're going to get more information, the relationship is better. Mm -hmm. But it is something that does need to still change. And exactly. that change is going to be a bit of a challenge. Do you feel like the customers, and obviously in the B2C space, are people ready for that, do you think? Or do they just, the whole point of this is just subscription, I want my car and get in and go. Are they ready for that kind of a thing? Or is that going to be maybe more of a, uh, a wall to climb? It's, it's a bit of a wall. Mm -hmm. uh, and you alluded to it a little bit before in terms of the incentive space. Mm -hmm. I think dollars talk no matter where you go. Always, yeah. Um, and we've definitely seen it, especially in the insurance space and broadly within the U.S. A lot of uh, insurance carriers in the U.S. have started to build telematics as part of the, the program and say, hey, you will get a lower rate on your insurance per month if you show that you're a good driver, yep. uh, if you show that you don't get into accidents, Great and you example. just have this little dongle in your car at all times. Yeah. And I think adoption's actually been quite high, uh, at least relatively high compared to what Because you there's would. an incentive, there's a financial incentive. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, the, the difficulty with that is actually there's also been penalties with, with people <laughs> because uh, I think 80% of drivers think that they're better than average statistically impossible to actually I've driven around New York for two days. I, <laughs> I'm on board with this. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of people who, who actually might get into a car, put the telematics in there and say, and we might have to say, actually you're being penalized for this. Yeah. And that's something that we don't want to get into either. Not mm -hmm. yet. Uh, especially while that barrier to entry is quite high. Yeah. It looks like it's going to have to be a bit more of a manual, maybe not fully automated all the way. But you still want to get this data somehow. Exactly. I think no one likes the black box of, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to get charged at the end of my subscription because of damages, because of mileage, because of anything. Uh, our, our, care, our, 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 our remarketing partners don't want it. Our customers don't want it. Frankly, we don't want it either. Absolutely. Uh, those are the types of things that prevent someone from being a, a customer for you from, for a long term. Mm -hmm. Which is how you're going to, you know, you're breaking into this market. And as you go state by state, everyone's going to present its own challenge based on their legislation. Like you said, their buy-in, their culture. It's so, it's so diverse here. 
Mm-hmm. That is a, and a tremendous challenge you have ahead of you. Absolutely. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of the fun of it. That's why we're here. Yeah. It's, it's why you take on challenges like this. Yeah. And it takes the team, like it takes a cultural approach in the team to want to go for that. I guess that's part of what you guys do here. And it's, you have to be pretty particular about who's on the team so that you're not daunted by the challenge, but everyone is excited about the challenge. Exactly. I think uh, over the past what, two years we've been operating here in the U.S. Uh, as an organization, not necessarily cars on the ground. The, the big focus on our organization is how do we make sure that we're building a culture of people who want this to grow, who are willing to put in the work, and you know, a AAA team that will make this work. And that's, mm-hmm. that's uh, part of that understanding of our customers, too. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so on a little bit of a different page, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be remiss if I didn't take the opportunity to ask you about your time at Uber, because mm-hmm. I think that's a tremendous uh, thing to have in your back pocket. Now you're obviously with them while they were disrupting the industry massively, as they continue to still do. And now you're in with Finn and you're continuing to disrupt this side of the industry. So disruption is kind of your game mm-hmm. uh, on the auto side. But I'm curious to know, looking back at the time you were with Uber and going through all the challenges that you faced, do you feel like there's learnings that you can take forward into what you're doing here based on the challenges that you faced back then and, and maybe have a bit of an upper hand going into them now? Obviously, the challenges are different, yeah. but maybe the theory is the same. Do you take things like that forward? Absolutely. Uh, both on the positives and the negatives, Absolutely. to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it's interesting. Uh, the, the key learning really is four-letter companies. It's, it's the only way to go. <laughs> that's, 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 this is the, really, <laughs> the only way to go. But no, uh, I, I think the, the biggest learning that I've taken from my time from, from Uber to here is building out a new space. Mm-hmm is an interesting, complex challenge. Uh, Could you imagine, I don't know, eight years ago, me saying, Mark, just go get in a stranger's car. I was talking about this with a friend the other day. (laughs) You're exactly right. You've never met them, get in his car. Yeah, and trust that you'll get to the place you need to. I I don't know about you, but my mom always told me never get in a car with strangers. It's kind of the opposite now. (laughs) (laughs) My mom is the biggest user of Uber that I know, <laughs> partially because I work there, but you know, she, yeah. she, she really loves it. Uh, I think similarly, uh, Finn is sa- facing a similar challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, our customers here in the U.S. across the globe have so- been so preconditioned to, to know rent, buy, lease. No, there's, there's a whole new way of getting into a car uh, on, a, on a regular basis. And you know what Uber did really well was making it affordable, mm-hmm. making it accessible, and making it safe. And, you know, similarly, Finn has a, an interesting challenge, a, a similar challenge to, to, to accomplish as well. We need to make it easy. Mm-hmm. We need it to be accessible. We need it to be safe. So our customers will always trust that getting into a Finn car is just as easy as renting, buying, or leasing, or even just getting into an Uber. Uh, that level of uh, revolution is one that takes time, mm-hmm. uh, and one that I'm really confident in, like you said, our team's ability, uh, to actually execute on that. So I think the interesting contrast between what you're saying with Uber and what you're doing here is when you were told to get in a stranger's car, it shook the industry massively that no one was taking traditional means like taxis were forgotten about. I mean, it's balanced <laughs> out since, but, right. but taxis had to adapt their strategy to go closer to that model, whether it was the prepay or the ordering or the application or whatever it was. Because before Uber, you just had to stand on the side of the road or get the hotel to call you a taxi. Yep. But what you're doing with Finn is you're never going to get rid of people owning cars. 
Nope. You don't want that. I mean, there's, you know, but you want a certain amount of people. You want to grow the market of subscription base. I think it didn't exist before and it's growing. Mm-hmm. How do you see that balance working out with uh, ownership, leasing? And because you're going against the OEMs in some respect, but it's, it's an interesting complex that it's kind of facing. It It's definitely um, a conundrum, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, Finn's intent is we want to work with dealers. Mm-hmm. We want to work with all these different partners. Uh, you know, We want our uh, rental companies to eventually buy Finn cars after it's been in one year subscription because they need a, a way to buy cars as well. Our dealers will always need, or we will always need dealers because our customers need somewhere to get their car serviced. Yeah. They need oil changes, they'll need their tires rotated, they'll need this. And the only way that Finn uh, grows and uh, thrives in the industry is if it's not a direct head-to-head with dealers, it's not a direct head-to-head with uh, car rental companies, it's uh, a partnership where we can continue to grow together because uh, people love buying cars. Yeah. People, will change. It's, ne- it's not going to change, especially here in the U.S. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and if we can just get more cars into the hands of more people, it's a win-win-win for everybody. Yeah, and it, it allows people to be more open to future change as well. All these changes are progressively moving us forward. If Uber didn't open the door, none of the other companies would have opened it. And then you have the scooters doing the same deal, right? And you got the, it's all connected. Exactly. And so you're kind of trying to go about the, the same way, but on the subscription side. Exactly. I, I think one of the, the amazing things about Finn and one of the, the uh, similarities we kind of draw is the, the relationship that Amazon has with someone like Nike. Okay. Right? Uh, and, and in this situation, Finn is Amazon, Nike is an OEM. Yeah. Right? Uh, Nike still has Nike.com. Mm-hmm. Nike still has direct, outlets, sales, direct yeah. sales outlets. They work with Macy's and Nordstrom. We can do the same with any OEM, and we're just a way for all of the Nikes, Adidas's, et cetera, of the world, all of the major OEMs and their dealer groups to get cars more on the road. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, if we are able to be the the Amazon of cars, that's a, it's a pretty good place to be in. Yeah, I think that's great. One of the last things I wanted to ask, and it's just kind of yeah, on the back of my mind is is the biggest challenge that you're facing now. So when you look at bringing vehicles in, defleeting the vehicles, obviously the whole operation aside, mm-hmm. what's the current big obstacle that your team is working on and you're working on to jump over? Uh, I think the the larger fin obstacle that we're trying to come over is is one that the industry is in generally facing right now. Okay. It's the lack of cars. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't uh, I, I can't remember that any time in, in our lifetimes that there were this few new cars on the road, and that used cars were as high of a price as they are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Finn, we want to grow as much as we can. It's about getting our hands on the right cars for our customers uh, at the right prices. Yeah. And it's just a matter of time before our, our, our fleet team, our, pur- uh, our, our purchasing of vehicle team, will be able to, to build the right connections so that we can make sure that we are able to offer as many OEMs on our platform as possible. Mm-hmm. As soon as that's as as soon as that's ready, uh, I'm ready to deliver some cars. Yeah, it seems like new new cars though are becoming like your time to delivery is just getting longer, like 18 months, 24 months for a new mm-hmm. car. I mean, that's 
10 years ago wasn't an issue. You go to a card, they're, they're there. Exactly. Now you have people like ordering an Audi and it takes, you know, two years to get the car. Yep. And that, the that used, affects your model massively. Exactly. And the used car that's sitting on the lot right now is mm-hmm. probably more expensive than that new one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of insane to think about that. But as, uh, as we are able to grow our, our, our model mix, as we're able to procure more cars, we're able to get cars in two days to customers. Mm-hmm. So that dynamic of, hey, we're, you're ordering one 18 months out becomes forgotten. It can be in your driveway now. Exactly. And that's a, it's a huge value proposition for what we offer at That's Fin. huge. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but that's actually a great turn on it. Yeah. And, and once again, to that, to that uh, relationship between dealers, between the relationship with OEMs is sometimes customers view us as a little bit of a extended test drive. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not sure that I want to get into a, an EV long-term. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my family really needs a seven-seater SUV. <laughs> you know what? Let's try it out for a year. Let's see what happens with Finn. And maybe that, that turns out into a sale for a dealer or for someone long-term. Yeah, or a long-term subscription after that. Like they're changing their... Yeah, it's a good way to do it because you're not committing to it. You're not putting any money down. It's not a big out-of-pocket expense. You're renting it for that period. Exactly. I love it. Subscribing. <laughs> right. Subscribing. Make sure we get that right. Yeah. That's the model. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. Uh, I think it's a really nice way to finish as well. And lots to think about. I think lots for the audience to digest and those in, in, in the industry to really kind of step up their game. Like we said, if you're not continuing to innovate how the industry works, you're going to be left behind. Companies like you are just going to come in and disrupt and leapfrog all these other guys because they're not thinking the same way. So it's a good call to action for everyone as well. Exactly. I think uh, a rising tide... Uh, lifts all boats. Yep. I hope we can we can do that with the industry and uh, really appreciate you and the any any, any line team that uh, that you guys are doing this to educate mm-hmm. so many people on on what we're what we're trying to do as well. Yeah, that's all we want to do. Just bring notice to it. Other little dark corners of the industries, right? Exactly. Shine some light. No, that's perfect, Martin. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been fantastic to talk to you. I've learned a lot uh, in this chat. Any final notes before we sign off? No, I, I think uh, I hope I was able to give as much on you know what Finn's doing, what what I view as the the future of the the fleet management space as possible. Mm-hmm. Once again, thank you again for having me. It was a pleasure to chat, and looking forward to future conversations as well. And there we have it, another episode done and in the books. A big thank you to Martin, and of course the entire Finn team having us to New York to record this episode at their office, as I mentioned, on Park Avenue in New York City. Such a cool space, and the work that the Finn team is doing is incredible, really transforming a big area, a big sector of the automotive industry when it comes to vehicle ownership and usage. And of course, they have a big fleet operation, one that's continuing to grow, as Martin said. Tons of different complex elements, all working to make the customer side of the engagement simple and as seamless as possible. But lots of different technologies being used as we talked about. And it's very clear, like we said in that opening spot, that those who do not adapt, those who choose to not take our new technologies that are available are going to be left behind. And that's absolutely essential moving forward and a great takeaway from this episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today or you want to simply input your thoughts, we love having those conversations with you afterwards. Head down to the podcast notes. You'll see links for both myself and Martin there on LinkedIn. Please reach out to us and we'd love to chat and have conversations and answer any questions you may have. With that, we'll bring this episode of the Auto Tech Show to a close. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode very soon. 
Bye for now. 